Welcome to the sermons of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Fort Capel, Saskatchewan. We pray that this may be a blessing to you, and God's Word would dwell richly within your heart. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In the Acts, chapter 10, Cornelius, a God-fearing Roman centurion, that is, one who believed in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but had not yet converted fully to Judaism, was visited by an angel who told him to summon Peter in order to hear him preach the word of God. When he knew that Peter and some of the other believers from Joppa would be arriving, Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. Cornelius knew that what Peter was about to preach to him was of great importance, and so he wanted his friends and his family to hear it as well. And this is not unique, but it is found throughout the scriptures. In our reading from the Gospel of John this evening, we see another example of this with Philip and Nathaniel. After spending time in the region of the Jordan where John the Baptist was preaching, our Lord wanted to go to Galilee. This was his home region. It was where he grew up after he, his legal father Joseph, and his blessed mother Mary returned from their sojourn in Egypt. As he was going, he found Philip and said to him, follow me. We do not know any more about Philip's call. It is short just like many of the others in the Gospels. It is sufficient for us to know that he is one of the twelve in whom the Lord called to be his disciples, and later on, one of his apostles. Philip may have already heard about Jesus from Andrew or Peter, for the evangelist adds, now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter, but whether he did or not, what is important is that he'd been called by our Lord to follow him, and he does. This following is not merely following after him on the road, but it is following his teaching, following him into life, following him into salvation. And so in following him, Philip had found a great gift, the treasure of salvation, for he believed that Jesus was him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote the one who would bring salvation. Philip was like many of us. Although it, had been, although it has been almost 2,000 years and the setting is different from ours, people do not change. Philip had found something great. He had found something amazing, something that ultimately would change his life for the better. And what did he do? He goes to share it with a friend so that he too could participate in it. It's something that we all do. Who hasn't found a great restaurant or recipe, book or movie, cause or hobby, and not wanted to share it with those close to them so that they can enjoy it too? And so Philip did what we all do with those things that we cherish, and he shared it with Nathaniel, saying to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. The response that he got was 
something that we all fear when sharing something that we love with another. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come from Nazareth? He doesn't even consider what Philip has told him. Philip has brought him great news. He shared with him the treasure which he had found and come to love and cherish. He announced the hope of Israel, who was long awaited, was there. And Nathanael uses a tired old saying against another Galilean town to dismiss him. He doesn't argue from the scriptures that the Messiah will come from Bethlehem. He doesn't ask for more information. He doesn't ask why Philip and the others believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Instead, Nathanael simply dismisses the idea. But Philip does not get discouraged. Neither does he argue with him. He doesn't try to convince Nathanael that good things can indeed come from Nazareth. He knows that he cannot convince Nathanael on his own. And so instead of giving up, instead of arguing, Philip said to him, Come and see. Philip knew that only Jesus, the one whom Moses and the law and the prophets wrote, would be able to overcome Nathanael's prejudices and closed ears. Only Jesus would be able to open his eyes and grant him a new and living heart in place of a heart of stone. And so he leaves it to Jesus to convince Nathanael instead of arguing with him by saying, But Nathanael, in Isaiah, he wrote, In Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. He can come from Nazareth. He was born in Bethlehem. No, he simply says to him, Come and see. Come and see Jesus. Come and see this treasure that I have found for yourself. He does, not, he does this because only Jesus is able to make Nathanael go from saying, Can anything good come from Nazareth? To confessing, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. In this pattern we find throughout the scriptures and in our gospel this evening is instructive to us. It teaches us the way of God. Remember, brothers and sisters, how we believe, teach, and confess in the small catechism that everything that we have in this life comes from God purely out of his fatherly divine goodness and mercy. This includes even those people who are in our lives, such as husbands and wives, children, and even our friends. God places these people into our lives for our good, so that he richly and daily provides us with all that we need to support this body and life. And just as he has placed them into our lives for our good, so also the reverse is true. He has placed us in their lives for their good, for a good that is all-encompassing, a good that includes both body and soul. And particularly as Christians, he has placed them in our lives that we may love them. While we are to love all those whom we come into contact with, God has called us to love in particular ways those whom we are close to and have special relationships with. They are those whom we are in contact with most of the time, and so we have most of the opportunities to love them, to serve them according to our vocations with good works, so that, as, so that just as through them God richly and daily provides us with all that we need for this body and life, so too, through us, God might richly and daily provide for them 
for all that they need to support their body and life. Thus, God uses us to provide for one another's good in body and soul, just as he used Philip to invite Nathaniel to come and see Jesus, so that he too might come to faith and possess the treasures of heaven. One example of how this works is the relationship of parents to their children. The Lord places parents in the lives of their children in order to care for them and to supply for their needs of this body and life. Getting Christian love, that is not enough. It is not enough for us to see that those children whom we love grow strong and thrive if they remain dead in their trespasses and sins. Thus, he places parents in the lives of their children so that they may raise them and raise them in the faith so that they not only grow up in this life, but also grow up into life everlasting. Through St. Paul, the Lord tells parents that they are to bring children up in training and instruction of the Lord. This, of course, can only happen through life in the Word of God, not only at church, but also at home through the reading of Bible stories, family devotions, and the like. Of course, this relationship, and thus this opportunity to love, does not end when children reach adulthood, but continues as long as we live. If your child is grown and is strong in the faith, this good work includes encouraging them in the faith, praying for them, and sharing in the mutual consolation of the gospel. If they have become wayward, the work continues as well. It includes prayer, of course, but also the invitation that Philip extended Nathaniel to come and see the Lord. And as we, as we approach the Feast of the Lord's Nativity, we will also be spending more and more time with family and friends, and there are many more opportunities before us to do so. But this example of parents and children is just that. It's an example. The same sorts of things apply to us in all of our other various familial and friendly vocations as we serve one another in love to support the needs of body and soul. And if your conscience is stricken by this, that you have sinned by what you have done or not done in regards to this command from the Lord, then seek out the Lord's gift of holy absolution, where after confessing your sin and naming it for what it is, the Lord would grant you the precious word of his forgiveness, so that you may know that since your salvation rests on Christ, you may freely serve others in love, trusting in him. I say all of this knowing that it's not always easy to act as Philip and Cornelius did. It can be a hard thing for us to invite friends or family to come and see Jesus, to invite them to come to church, to Bible study, to places where the Lord Jesus is present and working in his word. It is difficult because we love these people. We love our relationships with them, and maybe we worry that such an invitation will harm that relationship or make it awkward. Or maybe we worry that their response will not be that for which we hope. Maybe they'll reject not only the invitation, but us. Maybe they'll simply dismiss the offer out of hand like Nathaniel did to Philip. Maybe they will simply deflect, saying that they have many more important things to be doing not realizing their situation and how these other important things endanger their spiritual health and life. 
There are many ways in which they may react that we don't want, that we may even fear because of how it might affect our relationships. Yet in the midst of all of this, brothers and sisters, we should remember that whatever harms we suffer now do not compare to the blessedness of the life to be revealed on the last day. For the Lord Jesus, the great treasure, whom we hold and desire to share with others, has promised us great blessings, even if our friends and family reject us and harm us. They may have us feeling hard-pressed, but we will not be crushed. They may perplex us, but the Lord will keep us from despair. For he himself is our great reward, our treasure, our hope, even if we lose everything else, we have the Lord Jesus, who is all in all. It can be hard to invite family and friends to come to church with us because we may also be tempted to debate and argue with them when they raise their objections. It is very easy for us to fall into this, to want to argue them into coming, to argue them into believing. After all, we live in a polarized world where we argue and debate about many things. Why not this? We're tempted to defend what we believe, to treasure what we possess, and so to defend it when it is attacked, and to tell them why they too should desire this. In this, we should follow the example of Philip, who did not argue, did not debate, did not defend himself, did not defend even the Lord, but merely called on Nathanael to come and see this Jesus of Nazareth. And while there are times where we must give an answer to the hope that is within us, and there are other times when we must, as the Apostle Paul said, contend for the faith, in this, when we reach out to family and friends, let us first simply invite them to come and see. Let us invite them to where the Lord Jesus is working through his word. Let us invite them to where the Spirit is active to create and strengthen faith. For ultimately, it is not up to us, and it is not up to our ability. It is not we who will be the one to convince or convert them. Thanks be to God. In our epistle lesson this evening, St. Paul wrote, We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be from God and not from us. The power of salvation, brothers and sisters, does not come from us, but from God himself. Even in the Acts, we see this. It was not the dynamism of Peter, nor the genius of Paul. No, it was the Lord who was working. After Pentecost, it says of the early church that the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. It is God alone who can do this who can raise one up from the dead in their trespasses and sins in order to make them alive in Christ. And it is freeing to know that there is no success, nor is there failure on our part if a brother or sister, a husband or a wife, a child or a friend does not listen to us. The pressure is ultimately not on us in this way. There is freedom in knowing that it is not our skill nor our way with words, nor our charisma, but it is the Lord who does this. All we can do is tell them the good news, tell them what we have. 
what we have found and invite them to come and see. The only thing which could be counted as failure in this would be to pass over sharing it, would be to be ashamed of our hope and refuse to make it known. So then, let us not sin against our Lord in this way, but let us ask. Let us share, knowing that it does not depend on us, but on the Lord. He knows that they are sinners in need of redemption, and so let us invite them to come and see the place where he is, the place where the gifts of salvation are delivered to those who believe, and where the faith-creating word is present. Lean not on your own understanding in this, but trust in the Lord, who knows what is best for each. A final example for your encouragement, brothers and sisters, especially for those who have been struggling with friends or family with what feels like a lifetime. St. Augustine is one of the foremost theologians of the Western Church. Yet although his mother was a very pious and devout Christian, his father was a pagan, and he grew up outside of the faith despite his mother Monica's fervent prayers and urging for him towards Christianity. Eventually, he got a job teaching rhetoric in Milan. Because by this time Monica was a widow, she, sent, she went with her son. While she was there, she continued to invite her son to come and see the place where the Lord was working. Eventually, he did. And there he met the Bishop of Milan, St. Ambrose, whom we commemorate today, who, like Augustine, was also trained in rhetoric. Through this commonality that they had, the two became friends. And through this friendship, Ambrose continued to invite Augustine, like his own mother Monica did, to come and see. Eventually, the Lord, working through his word, brought Augustine to faith. See how God worked through the prayers, invitations, and the love of family and friends in this. St. Monica could have given up, but she trusted that it was God who worked, that it was God alone who could bring her son to faith. And so she continued to pray, continued to urge, continued to invite him to come and see, even if she did not get to see her hope fulfilled until near the very end of her life dying on the way home back from Milan as they were traveling back to North Africa. May God, the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit keep us steadfast in this faith, and may he grant to us to imitate and follow the examples of Cornelius, of Philip, of Monica, and Ambrose, that we may not keep hidden this great treasure, that we may not fail to love our friends and family in this way, but that we may instead call on them to come and see, so that they too may join with us in life everlasting, which comes by God's grace through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that we may live. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you always. Amen.